Well, my brothers and sisters, for the past three Sundays, this Sunday and the previous two Sundays, what we've been doing is including the readings from year A, a particular set of readings that's appropriate for the preparation of our catechumens. This year we've got one catechumen, and her name is Brianna Hauser. Uh, she actually lives, she's, well, she's in the school, school district of Sotus. Um, one of her parents is in Lyons, and she goes to the 1030 Mass in Clyde. And she's really, really excited about her, her upcoming baptism. And in Clyde, we do these, what's called the scrutinies, uh, on the, uh, for the, the third, the fourth, and the fifth Sunday of Lent. And um, so the readings are very appropriate in particular for our catechumen and for the preparation uh, that she's um, undergoing for baptism. If you'll recall, the, the readings for the third Sunday of Lent um, were the story of the woman at the well. And that's got a baptismal theme to it because there's a water theme. And it's, it's sort of baptism as a conveyor of the Holy Spirit. Okay, And then in last uh, Sunday's Gospel, the, the fourth Sunday of Lent, we had the, the healing of the man who was born blind. And there's also a baptismal theme to that as well. His eyes were washed. He had to go to the pool of Siloam to wash his eyes and then he regained his sight. So that miracle involved water as well. Again, it's a sacramental baptismal theme. And the, the idea there is that baptism is illumination. Baptism imparts the gift of faith that opens the eyes of faith. And that's, that's the idea there from last week. And then today we see evidently this theme of the resurrection of the dead. We've got the prophet Ezekiel talking about the resurrection of the dead. St. Paul talks about the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwelling in us, giving life to our mortal bodies. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead. And then we've got the, the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead, and one of Christ's most astounding miracles that he performed in the days of his earthly ministry. And so we've got the idea that baptism is a pledge of the resurrection of the dead. And that's kind of what I want to focus on today. My brothers and sisters, death, real, hard, cold, bodily death is the problem that all human beings have had to face from the beginning of human history. It is the central problem of human existence. And uh, no one has ever solved that problem, and no one ever will solve that problem. God alone, through Jesus Christ, has given us the final and definitive solution, the answer to the problem of death, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, Ancient pagans had no solution to the problem of death. Nothing. They really didn't have any solution. Death was not something, you know, you never heard an ancient pagan say when when someone died, they never said, well, he's in a better place now. Okay, They would have never said that. Death to the ancient pagans was this shadowy realm of sorrow and distance from all that makes existence worthwhile. So you look in the ancient Greek literature, like I'm thinking of the Iliad, the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey, the hero has this conversation with these shades, these ghosts from the dead, and uh, this one you know, warrior who fought in the... Trojan War, he comes and he speaks with the, with the hero of the, of the poem, and he says, you know, I'd rather be, um, I'd rather be a, a servant but alive on earth than to be this great king and this mighty warrior and yet be dead. And uh, there's this kind of a saying in the Bible that says, better, uh, better to be a, um, a living dog than a dead lion, you know. And they, that's how the ancients thought about death. Okay, and even even if you look in the Eastern cultures and Eastern religions, they had no solution, for, no real solution for death. They tried 
They tried. Uh, in Buddhism, you see, they kind of came up to, with a solution, a philosophical solution, to the, in the, so, whereby death came to an end, but also, not only did death come to an end, but life came to an end, too, for the Buddhists. So, that's, that's no real solution. And in Hinduism, as well, the, the individual identity of the person gets absorbed, you know, if the, the, their supreme state of enlightenment is a kind of a, an absorption, um, you know, a disappearance of the individual in this kind of supreme consciousness. So there's an overcoming of death, but only, only by overcoming the, of the individual personality. And it's really kind of an end to, to the, the self as we know it. Um, they really don't know. No one knows what to do about death. It's a real problem. But this is the thing, though. The ancient pagans had it better than modern secular thinkers do because they at least did not deny death. Okay, The ancient Buddhists used to go to graveyards and meditate in graveyards. And they would, sometimes the, the ancient pagan Greeks were, were kind of morbid and whatnot, but they were realistic. They did not deny the reality of death. Modern secular thinkers were in a state of denial. Okay, our modern culture is in a state of denial when it comes to death. What do we mean by, what do I mean by this denial? Denial, psychologists talk about, basically it's a psychological defense mechanism whereby some kind of unacceptable fact or truth, you don't allow it into your consciousness. You're kind of aware of it, but you just don't allow it into your consciousness, and so you don't think about it, and you block it off. And that's what we do with our cult of youth. You know, all, all where we look, everywhere we look today, we see this huge uh, worship of youth and of youthful bodies and beauty and whatnot. That's it's one of the ways that modern society um, staves off death and, and, and refuses to face the reality of death. Um, thank God for modern hospitals and nursing homes, and sometimes we, we have to have recourse to these institutions. But oftentimes they have the effect of taking old age and death and just kind of pushing it out of the purview of our consciousness. Okay? Um, I, I think that when I was in Auburn and also in these areas too, in these rural areas, it's really great if you can to have your loved one spend their last moments in, in the house. So if you can have some way, there's a hospice arrangement in-house, um, those are usually really, really good. Because it takes young people and it exposes them to the reality of death. It's very, very important. Um, you know, here's a few, another little warning sign here. You'll go oftentimes when you'll de when you're dealing with a loved one and then they're passing, and you'll go to a funeral home, and the funeral directors will it, totally out of innocence. There's nothing malicious about it. They'll give you, hey, would you like to have this poem? And they'll give you these poems, and these poems are like like these pagan poems that talk about your 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 deceased loved one is sort of like they're like stars in the sky right now. They haven't really died, and they're just like the, the, the wind in the air and the birds in the air and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it, it, that's another way that we are in this whole phase of denial of death. You know? um, and sometimes I think people, you know, I, I've, I've, done, I've said many, many funerals, and I've planned funerals with families, and I think people gravitate towards the scripture texts that talk about the soul being in heaven. Uh, with God, as opposed to the texts that deal with the resurrection of the body. Now, that's a that's a great truth of the Christian faith that um, if we die in God's friendship after a period of purification, uh, normally the soul is joined in union with God um, in in heaven, 
That's a beautiful thing. But that's not really the final state of the human person redeemed by Christ. The human person redeemed by Christ is a resurrected body. It's very important to get that as Christians. It's not, you know, our, our religion is not this kind of nether, nether, never, never world, you know, like we just sort of sweep off the soul into some kind of ethereal region. But we're extremely concrete and real about death and about Christ's victory over death because Christ's victory over death is a resurrection of the body, of the body. And it's a beautiful thing. I encourage everybody for, you know, usually it's economic reasons that pressure people to choose cremation. But you see, the church encourages full body burial because with the full body burial, what happens is you're confronted with death and you can't kind of, you know, sort of uh, whisk it away into kind of an ether realm. You have a dead body right in front of you. And you can't. You have to face the reality of death. You can't deny it. Jesus did not deny death. Okay, He didn't beat around the bush or anything like that. He faced it head on. That's what Good Friday is all about. He confronted death. Kind of a neat aspect of our gospel reading today. If you noticed, twice it says that Christ was perturbed and deeply troubled. Perturbed. And uh, I've seen some scholars analyze the, the, the original Greek word there, perturbed. And what they say is that it's an actual feeling of like deep anger. And uh, one, one scholar's opinion was that he said that Christ is angry at death. <laughs> so Jesus is not hiding from death. He's not running from death. He confronts it head on. And he overcomes it. He's the only solution to death. The only solution, okay? The gospel message of Jesus' resurrection is not a philosophy that anybody came up with to solve the problem of death. It is a reality and it's based on a fact, on Jesus' resurrection, his bodily resurrection from the dead. And that's an awesome, awesome hope that we have as baptized Christians. And that's what baptism does. We always have to keep that fresh in our mind. Baptism unites us with the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as St. Paul says, If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. You know, when Lazarus was, was raised from the dead, it was really more like a resuscitation. He went on and he eventually died. Lazarus did but the resurrection with which Christ rose from the dead, he, he rose never to die again. The life with which the resurrected Christ lives is an indestructible, supernatural, eternal life, and it's the life that we are destined for. We have the seed of grace in our hearts through baptism, and it's that seed that will sprout in an indestructible life that will redeem our very bodies from the corruption of the grave. And this kind of realism is the is what the Christian faith uh, is really all about. And so we pray for our catechumen as she's excited and she gets ready for this, this gift of the promise of the resurrection from the dead through her baptism. And we as all baptized members of the body of Christ, we call this to mind. We celebrate this. We reaffirm our faith in this fundamental truth. And also we reflect upon how with the Eucharist that we're about to celebrate and that we're about to receive in Holy Communion, 
we receive the resurrected Jesus Christ, the resurrected body of Jesus into our very bodies. And thereby that seed of immortality uh, is planted within us and God willing it will bear fruit in the resurrection of our bodies from the dead.